Now that we're recording, I just want everyone to know that I'm having um, knockoff Doritos and an Aero bar for breakfast. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode by episode recap the 1980s cartoon Gem on the Holograms, because both it and the comic are truly outrageous. And actually, no, they're not outrageous at all. They're misfits. And they are better. Is their comic better? I don't know. We're going to find out. Right. So this is a new ongoing that we have that is Gem colon the Misfits. This is issue one of that. Kelly Thompson remains on writing and Victoria Roboto remains on colors, which is great because we've always talked about how that brings a really good internal consistency to the style. Because we have a new artist for this series who is totally great. She is Jen St. Ange. And I'm going to just be up front. I am terrible at pronouncing French things. So hopefully that was okay. And if we totally mispronounce that, totes let me know. What matters is there's technically a, a title to this line, but we're going to call it Welcome Misfats because it's more appropriate. I'm sure this arc has a name. We don't see the title for the arc in the comic itself. So we're just going to call it Welcome Misfats Part 1. I mean, I, I, I looked this up. I know what I know what the arc actually is. Doesn't matter. No, it's Welcome Misfats. We don't care. Yeah. Green is the new everything. We want to call it Welcome Misfats and we're going to call it Welcome Misfats. It's our podcast, darn it. Yep. So this being the first issue, it's interesting that we actually have a story so far. But it's pretty great. The Misfats are the Misfats. (laughs) Keep going. The Misfats are the greatest man in the world, according to the Misfits. But after making enemies of rival band Jim and the Holograms and the Stingers, they find themselves in a precarious position and about to not be a band at all. The Misfits, however, are nothing if not survivors, and they'll never give up, especially when their songs are better. They did the thing. I'm so happy. I also totally love our our show list page where we usually just have the character portraits. Oh my God. I remember on this podcast saying at one point, I would really, really, really love to see the Misfits rider because of how terrible it must be. I love this. I love this so much. I do too. Oh my God. We have to just go down this, right? Yeah. Okay. Pizzazz, lead singer, requires three orders of curly fries, hot, with extra ketchup, and three ice-cold sodas. Note, if you bring her non-curly fries, she will probably throw them at your head. And there's an asterisk next to sodas, which leads up to see attached for approved brands. Then we have Stormer, songwriter, guitar, request one, large chai latte, hot, with skim milk, two, bottles of water, and spearmint gum. Jetta base requires two bacon sandwiches and a case of bottled water. Allergic to bananas, note will freak out if she sees them in room. Save yourself. Bacon sandwiches, of course. She is aggressively British. Roxy, drums, requires massive amounts of bagels. Like, seriously, double what you think is appropriate and then double that. Also, one large iced mocha frappuccino, one box of candy-coated zips, one gallon 1% milk, and one fire extinguisher. Why? Why does she need a fire extinguisher? How often has that come up? Not only she's personally requesting a fire extinguisher. And of course she wants candy-coated zips. I love that. Blaze, guitar and vocals. Request one, large chocolate milkshake, not fast food. One, jasmine scented candle. And two, bottles of water. I love Jetta and Blaze's references for bottled water lead to approved brands. But Stormer just wants any bottled water. She's fine. Clash, not a member of the band. No rider demands honored. Eric Raymond. Raymond? Raymond. Eric Rayman. 
Yeah, he doesn't have any arms. It's just hands. Eric Raymond, manager, requires one bottle of extra strength headache medicine and one bottle of extra speed antacid and two bottles of water and high speed Wi-Fi. I love this. Can I also say that I love that the picture they chose to use for Eric Raymond was basically him. He's doing a freaking gendo. He, like, he needs to slightly adjust his fingers and he'll just be, like, overseeing the friggin' Evangelion project. All of this is beautiful, and I love it. So, moving on to Stately Pizzazz Manor. The most serious, quote-unquote, friendly beach volleyball game ever. And it's also worth noting that this is two weeks prior to today? Don't worry about it. We're starting with a flashback. It's fine. So, we have our beach volleyball game, Jetta and Roxy versus Pizzazz and Blaze. Which seems kind of unfair since Jetta and Roxy are basically mind-muted. Yeah, those guys could pilot a Jaeger together. They are drift-freaking-compatible. I love Pizzazz's skull bikini. Oh, I do too. She commits. She commits to an aesthetic. She has a bone hairpin. She's looking very pebbles from the Flintstones, but teen pebbles. She's a goth teen pebbles. And this is basically a competition between the worst losers and the worst winners, as far as I can tell. Complete with uh, Jetta blowing raspberries at Pizzazz. I also totally love everybody's swimsuits. They look functional and comfortable. And cute. So cute. Like, everybody looks so cute. Everybody looks adorable. I really, really, really like the art style for this. So, volleyball game. Both teams simultaneously decide that they've scored a point, and then they start getting into a fight about it, and then we turn to poor Stormer. Poor Stormer, who is ref. Stormer, tell these punks how out that ball was. Stormer is busy reading Society magazine. She's in an adorable hat. She's got this super cute one-piece swimsuit on. Stormer remains the most adorable. And also, you know what else is adorable? Roxy bought her a flag. Why did I even bother to buy the flag? You're not even holding the flag. I was definitely watching. I I was definitely, I definitely was watching. It was, uh, in. Roxy demands a new ref. (laughs) And Stormer's like, that would be great. I I hate refing. I really don't want to do this. And then we get Clash very subtly going over to the balcony and screaming at the top of her lungs, Pizzazz, Eric's here. So Pizzazz demands that Clash take her place. And then Megane Eric is there. I love seeing different artists drawing different Eric's. What do we think about this, Eric? I like him. I would romance him in a dating sim. Does he make your heart go doki doki? He looks a little more in line, like slightly so, with cartoon Eric in this one. I agree. And I like that about him. He's not quite as Bishonen as Emma Viacelli's uh, first appearance of our Megane Eric. And he's not quite as diabolical as how Sophie Campbell draws him. Yeah, he is missing the horns. But I I seriously would. I mean, he's like the guy who's gruff but would probably like you in the end. But he's also a Megane. It's like perfect. Really? Because he strikes me more as the doctor from Hanaful Boyfriend that cuts off your head at the end. That'd be okay. I'd be fine with that. Would you? Well, I think we're learning a little too much about Mackenzie in this episode. My types of boy are Eric Raymond and Riot. I mean, at least you're internally consistent. Yeah, so this is our this is our slightly more reserved, slightly less hot Eric Raymond. And uh, it's a good look for the role that he has to play in this book. I also love that Pizzazz is like, Clash, take my place. Clash is like, oh my god, and then runs off. Blaze, I am so tall, we're gonna win. So what's the deal, Pizzazz says. You guys are done. I've been to every label I've ever heard of and nobody will touch you. Eric says that apparently 5x5 has basically been very, very vocal about how much trouble the misfits are. And that has really made everybody not interested in taking them on. Apparently one of the quotes he got was nightmare insurance liability. 
It's not fair. I mean, I know we haven't been angels, but we're not supposed to be angels. We're rock stars. Mad Mardigan watch. Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan is so fat. I love it. He's a chubby little kitty. So cute. Bless Mad Mardigan. Pizzazz starts a long rant where she starts with noting that it's her fault. And then in the end, she notes that it's Jim and the holograms and the stinger's fault. And Eric's like, so it was yours, but now it's Jim and the holograms fault. And then she just completely erupts. It's both with like flames in the background and floating skulls and devil font. It's the best thing ever. Oh, man. Eric is now like in her shadow in the next panel. That's how good this is. And this is, of course, where we get Gendo Eric, too. This is Pizzazz, who very clearly has an emotional responsibility to her band. A Pizzazz who very clearly cares about them. And we're very clearly getting a personality here that I totally love. I do have a way to get you back in, but you're not going to like it. Way to bury the damn lead, Eric. And he says that, okay, it's exciting. It's lucrative. It could put you back on top. You could bury Gem and the holograms as they deserve. You could build an empire. You're really selling this. It must be even worse than I think. It is. Picture this, the Misfits reality TV show. I would watch it 100%. Pizzazz doesn't like it. She pizzazz shrieks, Eric! No, 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 no way! That's the only offer? No, but the other one is even worse. What's worse than reality TV? A cruise line. Not even a good cruise line, Pizzazz. I'm telling you, this is all that's left. In the first panel there, he's, he's on the other side of the room standing in front of Pizzazz, who's sitting on the couch. In the next panel, he's lurking behind her. So either he could teleport or he walked all the way around to stand behind her just so he could be that dramatic as he was saying it. See, you say he walked. I feel like he scrambled. I feel like he scrambled behind her just to do it. A cruise line wants to book you. <laughs> Not even a good cruise line. I love it. Nobody in this comic operates at anything less than an eight. So Eric explains exactly what's going on with this reality TV show deal and why he thinks it could work. Look, reality TV feeds on bad personalities. It wants them to be bad. It wants the misfits to just be as terrible on camera as they possibly can be. And what we get here is also Pizzazz saying she's not an actor or TV personality or a socialite. She's a musician. She's here to be a musician, which I think is a interesting divergence from cartoon Pizzazz who wanted to be an American god. It's true. And that's that's probably the most interesting take and probably one of the most fundamental things that had shifted between these different versions of Pizzazz and probably really informs a lot about that character. She actually believes that they are a very good band and they deserve to be a very good band and everything else is sort of second to that. Yeah, she's here to make music above all else. And so Pizzazz says she'll think about it. She'll think about the reality show. And uh, Eric says, then think about it fast because they're also soliciting other bands. So we need to grab it fast. Oh, God, please tell me the other band they're soliciting is the Limp Lizards. I hope so. God, please. Please, 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 please. As Pizzazz watches her band, her beautiful band that is here to make music, they get into a fight on the beach. Do you even know the rules, Clash? I swear. I know plenty of rules. To this game? Then it dissolves into like a cartoon fight complete with why I oughta and yeah, you and what army? And like bang, smack, pow, whammo and a big dust cloud fight. I love it. I feel like the world could use more dust cloud fights. And Stormer, who does not care, is just like, you guys are getting sand in my drink. And Pizzazz looks on lovingly. And then we flash back to, quote, something like 11 years ago. And it's baby goth Pizzazz! Oh my god. Teen scene kid Pizzazz! Look at this! She's a scene kid. She's got like plaid pants and striped dark hoodies and dyed hair. Hair that looks like something died on her head. 
Oh, and she's got like the black and white checked headband. Oh, she's a beautiful scene, kid. She's a terrible teen. This is magnificent. Oh, I'm having so many terrible high school flashbacks. All that aside, though, this is not where you would imagine to find a a crappy teen. No, it's one of those law firms with like nine names you can't remember nor pronounce. There's a lot of mood whiplash here in that, you know, we get the joy of terrible scene kid pizzazz. And then we go into like the most heartbreaking scene in the entire comic. She's at a law firm talking about the proceedings for for the divorce and working out where pizzazz is going to be. And neither of her parents showed up. They both called in and said they weren't going to make it. And the lawyer obviously knows that this is terrible. And he's like, well, the they both technically signed all the paperwork, um, so I have to uh, make you aware of the uh, custody arrangement and visitation schedule they reached. No one consulted her. So she's going to be living with her dad full time and she will see her mom every other Christmas. She doesn't even celebrate Christmas. She's Jewish. God, Miss Thompson, how dare you? Why would you do this to us? Oh, and like the really stark colors that Roboto used for this room, and it's all drab and dry and gray and oh. And the lawyer is just trying to soften the blow as much as he can. But he's clearly not equipped emotionally to deal with this. He's like, um, uh, it's probably like a miscommunication. Should we get you a car? No, my driver's downstairs. Oh, God. And then we get her sitting alone in this huge limo. She's curled up in the corner, making her even smaller. Just crushing all of the divorce paperwork and crying so that all of her mascara is running. The visual storytelling in this comic is really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like just the way that these panels are laid out and these shots are composed is just really, really great. So she yells at the driver to take her down the Sunset Strip. Just keeps screaming at him saying, you're supposed to go where I tell you to go. Just do it already. Then she's like, here, stop here in front of a live punk show. And the driver's like, you absolutely cannot go in there. But maybe not yet, but someday. Oh, man. And then someday, more accurately, about three years ago. So that's uh, something like seven years later. And here we have Stormer just sort of crouched in the middle of these two guys yelling in a booth. And then they both storm off and she looks terrible and sad, like always. Our poor baby. All our poor babies. Everybody's a poor baby. And then Pizzazz slides into her DMs. And Pizzazz actually recognized the song that she wrote. He says, that was your song, the third one. The good one. Yeah, you're clearly the only talent in this band. She also knows that her name is Mary already. And says that you've got a storm inside you. So I guess that's where the stage name comes from. Oh, yeah. And you're channeling it through your words like it's going to tear down the world. I love it. And then she like seduces Stormer into ditching her old band and joining the Misfits. It's called the Misfits. And as of right now, it's you and me, Mary. You're going to unleash the storm inside you and we're going to be superstars. We're the beginning and we're going to build it together. Also, I love Stormer's top. I love how the founding members of the Misfits are Pizzazz and Stormer. Oh my god, right? Because it makes it feel so much more like, like in the cartoon, you always have Stormer worrying that they don't actually need her, that she's going to be the one that will be kicked out because she has the least holding here. But here, she's a founding member. She's the first one that Pizzazz sought out. She's one of the basic building blocks of this band. And then, also about three years ago, we have Stormer in the cutest top ever. Oh my god, she's in this little rockabilly outfit with a hair bow and a polka dot shirt that's tied off at the front. Uh, she's so cute. Ah. 
I love that St. Ange draws her in all of these, like, cute 50s outfits. It, like, it looks so good. And they are watching Roxy drum, and she's incredible. And she's just wearing, like, a sports bra and, like, thick pants, and it's kind of awesome. And they just sort of follow her backstage. And Roxy is admittedly a little hostile about this, because she's playing in a dive, and she thinks she's about to get jumped. The band is all wrong for you, Roxanne. What? Why? Because she's basically Animal from the Muppets. Oh my god, yes! Yes, she is Animal from the Muppets! They're like, we will let you kick the crap out of your drums if you come play for us. And she's in. She's like automatically in. And now, just under three years ago, we have Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer. Pizzazz in this incredible leopard print hoodie that I want. And Roxy's like, I'm telling you, she's really good. She's exactly what we need. You listen to the tape, right? And then there's a bang as a door is thrown open and out comes Jetta with a dude. She's got him by the neck. She is choke slamming him into the ground. Roxy just has like a super mega crush. She's in love. What is their relationship? I don't know. But Jetta's got blood running down her face. And they're like, hey, do you want a new band? Because clearly you're out of your old one. Who the hell are you? The Misfits want to be one. And they just have this little pose. I love it. About two years ago. Charlotte Webb. Oh my God. Pizzazz, you tremendous nerd. Isn't that like a thing from a book? That's not a real name. She's just a friggin' barista. Yeah, Clash hands off a coffee to, oh my god, it's pizzazz. And she's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare do it. And then she just has like these little hearts in her eyes and she's got like little sparkles like, I'm your biggest fan. And she's like, you know what? If you hate being a barista, I need an assistant. And Clash quits immediately. Oh man, she, she vaults over the table throws away her apron and starts pushing people out of the way to make room for pizzazz. And she shoves over this giant guy, hulking guy with a beard and curly hair. I love that she's wearing a Misfits t-shirt underneath her barista apron. She's been ready. She's been ready for this moment her entire life. Do you think she even bothered handing in her two weeks notice? Do you think they just never saw her again? They never saw her ever again, I'm certain. And so that's everybody else that we've seen that was a pre-existing member of the band. And now we have Blaze. Maybe. And uh, Blaze comes into Pizzazz's room. Pizzazz is hurling clothes around her room. And what I really appreciate about this is Blaze says, do you have a minute to talk? Pizzazz is like, yeah, what's up? I, I don't know how to say this. I'm not here. And Pizzazz seems kind of actually honestly concerned. Is like, in my experience, the Band-Aid method is best. So just rip it off. Also, I love Pizzazz's like spiky fuzzy slippers. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yes. We have a lot of the same sort of things from Blaze that we've seen before, just the insecurity about this. And she says that, like, they just want you to drop me, go back to the old sound, and if you have to do that, it's okay. I understand. And I can't, I, I love the misfits. I can't bear to be the reason it gets wrecked. And Pizzazz is like, no, you are a member of this family now. We have adopted you. You belong to us now. We are never kicking you out. That is a slight paraphrase too. That is only the slightest of paraphrases. And she even quotes what she was saying earlier in this timeline, which was, we don't go backward musically. She just says we're a family. Oh. And Blaze throws herself on Pizzazz in a hug. And Pizzazz actually hugs her back and it's adorable. Yes, she's like, you are my daughter now. Now get out of my room. And don't tell anyone we hugged. I'll deny it. And then we get to Pizzazz's thoughts, which is, I lost my family, so I built a new one. We're a hot mess, but we're also amazing. And I'll be damned if anyone's going to break this up. Aww. This is so cute. Babies! And she even considers Clash part of her family. Still not a member of the band, though. Definitely not a missant, no. Never. So she calls up Eric. 
says, yeah, we're in. And she summons the band. And at the bottom of the page, we have, okay, let me tell you what the new plan is. Mad Mardigan, watch. Mad Mardigan, he's getting pets. He's a good kitty. He's so happy. He's a good kitty. He's getting bigger. Two and a half minutes later. No! Mad Mardigan trying to escape. Oh my God. Everybody's just extreme yelling. I love it. And I love how the very next scene is they've agreed to this. Yeah. They don't even bother to like show how Pizzazz persuaded them all to do it. She's Pizzazz. And of course, like every good talk show in the gem universe, everybody is shoved together on a single couch. Oh my God. That is a very crowded couch. How? is there room for everybody but they're all dressed so cute poor blaze is practically in stormer's lap i mean i don't understand how roxy's even has room to slouch over here that is a commitment to slouch so they are here on super late with rick tenenbaum crowd seed punk watch ah look at um i love him one's got a patch on the back of his jacket classic and they are announcing this is they will have a reality tv show the guy's like so tell us pizzazz what are you going to be doing over there what will the viewers learn by tuning into your show she says i'll tell you what rick you watch our show and you can learn just about everything and that is where we leave off. That is beautiful. Oh, this is going to be magnificent and terrible. I'm so excited about this trash fire that is going to be this reality TV show. I love that Eric pitched it earlier as saying that you are basically going to be, per your contract, you are going to be the official nemeses of Gem and the Holograms. This is going to be real good. This is going to be the worst. It's going to be awesome. We're used to Thompson and Roboto on these books. They are they are standbys. They obviously do a great job. I really felt like uh, there was sort of a slightly different tone in here with the Misfits that felt a little different from the way that Holograms books usually works that I thought was a really cool thing to see from from Kelly. Yeah, it was a really cool thing. And, and it really fits the Misfits in a way that the Holograms really fits the Holograms. And I am glad for that, for one. I don't know if I would qualify it as the Misfits comic is better because I really like like both of them for different reasons. It's cool that Kelly brought a different tone with it too. I like that the flashback sequences are subtly uh, less saturated than the modern day sequences too. This is a really well-made book. And also like the fact that the misfits are an inherently cartoonish concept and therefore their book is more cartoonish is great to me. Yeah, I really, really like St. Alge's style with this. It's also really fun to sort of see uh, Roboto work in slightly less pastels in a lot of this book. Just going along with the color scheme, that's cool to see too. Yeah, I like that the holograms are pastel and the misfits are neon. Constantly neon. They are black, then they are neon, and that is their color scheme. It also possesses like fantastic punk outfits throughout this entire comic. Oh my god, right? Fashion is uh, like a huge part of the book, and it'd be really disappointing if we have artists that weren't able to take advantage of that and really work with different outfits and cool stuff here. And everybody that's worked on Gem so far has really been an artist that's been able to take advantage of that. And it's cool seeing like the more punk style of that rather than the high fashion that we have with the with the holograms. Oh man, that freaking teen pizzazz though. It looks like an animal died on her head. Yep, that was high school. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us on Welcome Miss Fats Part 1, which is definitely what it's called. It is, absolutely. I think it's a really great start for a book, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. 
Uh, and it was really cool seeing uh, backstory stuff for the Misfits. So that was a really cool start, too. Yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. So I am very excited about having two different gem books to look at. Fingers crossed for a Limp Lizards solo book. Please, an annual that's just about the Limp Lizards instead. And their lives are just completely mundane and it's great. It can be a B story. So, The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are at The Gem Jam just about everywhere except on Twitter where we are at Gem Jam Cast. If you like what we do and you want to support us, a like, rating, review, subscribe, wherever you find our podcast is always super helpful, especially on iTunes. Helps us get discovered, helps other people listen to us yell about glam rock. If you have some dollars sitting around and you want to send those our way, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash the gem jam check that out and uh support us if you can that'd be super neat of you join us next time we'll be back to uh gem and the holograms but i am very excited to come back to the misfits number two next month and until next time dear listeners i'm annie i'm kit and i'm mac and this has been the gem jam where we'll remind you the misfits are back and you're gonna be in trouble hey la dee la the misfits are back